When we raise our hands for Rafa Yadain at the beginning of prayer, then it carries a symbolism and a meaning. But first, it's important to understand the significance of body language and its connection with our emotions and how it is used and why it is used in prayer. Our emotions are connected with our body. It can't be changed. There is no dividing the two. For example, when a person is happy, then automatically the muscles in their face move them to smile. They can't resist it. And this is universal across all cultures, civilizations, across all centuries. This is a universal body language, something that all of us understand. Similarly with sadness, with surprise, with fear. There are so many different emotions that are linked with specific facial expressions, involuntary muscle movements in our face that immediately result from a feeling of that emotion. But this isn't a one-way street. It's not just that our face reflects our emotions, but also our body, our face and the rest of our body, it can affect our emotions as well. The Promised Messiah gave an example of this and said that if you do not know how to weep, then make a weeping face and ultimately tears will flow themselves. This applies to sadness, it applies to happiness as well. If a person is feeling down and they force themselves to smile into a facial expression of smiling and they hold it for long enough, then slowly they'll start to feel happiness rising from within themselves. So this is the two-way street that emotions have as an effect on our body and our body also can have on our emotions. Now this isn't just our face, the rest of our body is linked in this way as well. In fact, this body language is so ingrained in us that we can even read it in animals. People who are around dogs or no dogs, they can tell immediately when they look at one, whether for example, it's feeling vulnerable and afraid, or if it's feeling strong and aggressive just from its body language. This of course applies with human beings as well. When we're feeling vulnerable, then we feel like closing up. We're more inclined to cross our arms. But when a person is feeling confident and strong, then they have a more spread out stance. You can see and they project confidence. Here also, this is something that goes both ways. If a person is feeling weak and if he forces himself into a power stance, a spread out stance, then slowly he will start to feel more confident within himself. So it's not just the face that applies both ways. This is a part of body language that applies both ways as well. Now, when it comes to the observance of prayer, the five daily prayers, the purpose of the postures that we observe is also a two way street they each carry significance. They each are an expression of what we're feeling within us. And also they are meant to affect our sentiments that are within us as well. When the words of prayer and the sentiments of prayer and our physical postures come together, then that is true prayer. The Promised Messiah said that remember that it is necessary in the prayer for both physical state and verbal expression to unite. In prayer, just as the tongue recites certain words, so too the physical movements of one's body and limbs display a certain image. Now, as an example of this, sajda. Sajda is a posture of humility. It's a universal body language by which a person expresses their submission and absolute humility. Now, when a person is standing before Allah Almighty in prayer, reflecting on the grandeur of God Almighty, then his heart moves him to want to do sajda. He has a sentiment of submission within his heart and then when he goes into sajda, then that prostration amplifies that sentiment within his heart. But it can work the other way around too. Let's say someone is not concentrating in prayer. They don't feel any sentiment of humility or submission within them. But when they go into the posture of sajda and if they think about what this posture means, then they will start to feel humility arise within them. And also along with that posture of sajda, if they make an expression of weeping on their face, 
then after time, tears and humility may start to flow from their eyes as well. So this is how our body postures can also affect the condition that we want to create within our hearts. Now, when we come to the raising of hands, Rafa Yadain, this is also part of universal body language. Now, some cultures, of course, are more expressive of body language than others. For example, in Europe, in Italian culture, there is much more of an expression of the movements of the hands and body language when one is speaking. In other European cultures, it's not so much. Here in the United States, there's some cultures, some parts of the United States that are more expressive of body language, others that, are very, that have very little. So those who are more attuned to body language, it is much easier for them to understand. But still, even one who is not attuned, they can understand just by seeing what it is that sajda or ruku or qiyam represent when it comes to respect and awe and submission and obedience and all of these things. So when it comes to raising of the hands, Hazrat Muslim who has explained the significance of this, and he has said that when a person raises their hands, then he removes all other thoughts and becomes engrossed in thoughts of worshiping God. Aside from maintaining our attention, another wisdom in raising our hands in this way is that this gesture is a natural expression that is used for leaving everything else behind. With this gesture, a Muslim expresses that he has separated himself from all thoughts and work of the world and has turned his attention to his Lord. Thus, by this movement, a believer expresses that he cuts himself off from the entire world and has turned his attention towards his Lord. So when we raise our hands at the beginning of prayer, if we do so, as a conscious symbol of the fact that we're leaving everything behind. And also with our intention, we turn our attention away from everything and turn towards God Almighty. Then when our mind and our body comes together in this way, then it establishes a strong niyat, the strong determination of our mind with which we start our prayers. Now, since the same subject is discussed in Wajahtu Wajhi, I will cover that as well. In the beginning of prayer, in the niyat, this niyat and its wording is optional and so on. If a person wishes to, they can express their niyyah only in their heart and then go directly into sana, which is subhanak Allahumma. Or they can verbalize their niyyah in these words. So one, a person can skip this or they can observe it. It's up to them. But if a person wishes to observe it, then the words that we say here are wajahtu wajhiya. I have turned my attention towards Allah, towards the creator of the heavens and the earth. When we turn our attention towards Allah Almighty, then we're turning our attention away from something. It is implied in wajahtu wajhiya. We have to ask ourselves, we have to know what is it that I'm turning my attention away from. This means knowing and diagnosing, doing muhasaba within ourselves. What distracts me in prayer? For example, when you or I start daydreaming, when our mind wanders, what do we start daydreaming and fantasizing about? Because if we become distracted in prayer, it's likely that our mind will go towards that. So preemptively we should know that I turn my attention away from that. Then also, if we were having a conversation with someone right before prayer, it's likely that when our mind wanders during prayer, it'll pick up on that subject matter. So I turn my attention away from that conversation. If I was doing some work, if I was busy and occupied in some work, it's definitely going to come up in my mind as soon as my mind wanders during prayer, if I become distracted. So there also, I turn my attention away from that particular thing that I know is most likely to distract me towards towards the creator of the heavens and the earth. So implies turning our attention away from something when we say that I turn my attention towards the creator of the heavens and the earth. So whether we verbalize our niyyah with these words or not, 
This is an intention and a meaning that is carried in the raising of our hands and in the statement of Allahu Akbar. So when all of these things come together, when we raise our hands and symbolically leave everything behind, when we say Allahu Akbar and Allah is the greatest, and then if we say wajahtu wajhiyah, that I turn my attention away from all those things and towards the creator of the heavens and the earth, then our body, our words, and our mind have come together to begin prayer on a solid foundation, on a solid niyyah, on a solid determination of the mind.